Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. My name is Mike Brown. It's an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you this evening. As we do here at The Dream Take after every single Rockets game, whether it be preseason, postseason, regular season, summer league game, we are here to talk all things Houston Rockets. Uh, The Rockets just finished up their third summer league game this evening with what I would call a fairly convincing win uh, over the uh, San Antonio Spurs. I know the score, you know, 97-84, it was close, but I would say in the fourth quarter, the Rockets started to pull away. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight, obviously, with the Rockets-Spurs game. Again, they improved their... Uh, summer league record to uh, two and one, uh, as pleasantly pointed out by JJ Redick. Who, by the way, if you guys were watching the Rockets game tonight on ESPN, I thought JJ Redick was actually really good on the call. Uh, I think he provided some pretty solid commentary. I would say I thought he was very enjoyable. Uh, he's not nearly as bad as some of the other people out there when listening to a game. <laughs> cough, cough, Reggie Miller. Um, however, uh, so a lot to break down there. We've got some, uh, KPJ news from earlier today with a story about how the Rockets potentially feel about his, um, extension that potentially they could be looking, uh, to give, uh, we'll go ahead and get to that tweet now while I have it up here on my screen per ESPN's Tim McMahon on Kevin Porter Jr. contract. Contract talks with Houston. I think there are mixed emotion, mixed, mixed opinions. My apologies, guys. Internally, and you know, frankly, externally, the opinion I get most often is the Rockets should not give him an extension. So, some things to take a look at there with KPJ. But let's get to the topic at hand. Why? Why we're to talk Rockets basketball? If you are in the room right now, you want to hop on stage, hit that request to speak button. If you want to touch on any of the things that I bring up throughout the course of the show, as always, you guys are more than welcome on stage uh, to break down all things Houston Rockets. Once again, Rockets defeat the San Antonio Spurs 97 to 84. Uh, Tonight, let's get to the box score breakdown for the Rockets. We don't need to do one for the Spurs because no one cares. Uh, who's listening to this show today, tomorrow, and beyond. Deshaun Nix, um, I know there are going to be people out there that want people to apologize for the way that they've treated Deshaun Nix in his time thus far with the Rockets. I ain't doing that. Um, I thought he had a good game tonight. He had 18 points. He had four fouls, three turnovers. 
six assists, a couple steals. Uh, he was three of five from the three-point line. Uh, Mario Ellie said on Twitter that he's been hard on him, but he owes him an apology. I mean, I'll give the guy an apology. I mean, Deshaun Nix, congrats. Mazel, you know, to you, the way you played tonight. Uh, and again, what J.J. Redick would classify, like he did on the broadcast tonight, like uh, so many other people have said, myself included, these are meaningless games. These are glorified pickup games, but good for him. Sean points out Jabari a plus 25 tonight. We're going to get to Jabari Smith here in just a second. Uh, but let's get to – we're going to save two guys uh, for the last two that we'll talk about because I know we're going to want to jump in there uh, with him, with these two, I should say. Josh Christopher, 18 points tonight, was a plus 23 when he was on the floor. Um, Ty Ty Washington had what I would classify as another good game for him, eight points. He had four assists. He had three steals. He was 0-1 from the three-point line. Uh, but I was encouraged by what I saw from uh, Ty Ty Washington tonight. The Anthony Lamb played 15 minutes at three points. In all honesty, guys, if, I put it on the – on the, on the Twitter account tonight, if Anthony Lamb never played a game for the Houston Rockets again, you're not going to get any tears from me. Uh, I want the guy gone. I think he's useless to the Rockets' future. And giving him, you know, 16 minutes, uh, still way too many in my eyes. So Anthony Lamb, three points. Trevor Hudgens, five points for him. Eric Holman, a guy we touched on earlier, had four points. When I say earlier, on previous shows, four points. Uh, six rebounds. That's an interesting name because there is a story out there uh, that came out about what the Rockets envision for the backup center position. So we'll get to that uh, after we break down the rest of the box score and some insights from the game tonight. Uh, yeah, Holman had four points. A couple other guys. Mitchell played 12 and a half minutes, uh, had a couple of assists, a couple turnovers, did not score. Uh, but the Rockets overall tonight, 10 of 25 from the three-point line for 40%. So that's an encouraging sign. Uh, Turnovers-wise, they had 13 in a summer league game. Not a terrible number. Uh, but overall, I, you know, I thought the guys played well tonight. You know, I, I don't really have, you know, uh, I'm not going to get too high. I'm not going to get too low on, on these types of games. You want to see guys continue to get better. So let's get to the two names that I want to talk about most. Tari Eason it's so funny because what I'm going to say now is not an over-exaggeration because, again, I, I put it out there. Anything that I say, I stand behind 127%. Put it out there on Twitter, I think, last week. That Tari Eason, I talked about it with Jeremy here on the show. Tari Eason is going to start for this team this year. And that's not a knock on Jay Sean Tate. It's not, it's not whatsoever. And there's going to be people out there that say, well, you're paying, what do you want to pay uh, Jay Sean Tate $7 million to come off the bench? Well, yeah, because you, you paid Eric Gordon almost double that to come off the bench, you know, for the last couple of years outside of last year, which I don't really count because you didn't know what his role was. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're paying a guy, right? That example, you paid John Wall 40 plus million dollars to not even play last year. Tari Eason, look at what he's doing. Take out who he's playing against. That doesn't matter. What he's going to bring to this team night in and night out, it's going to be impossible for you to keep him in a, in a reserve role. 
the guy tonight, 22 points, 10 rebounds, shot two of three from the three-point line, had three assists, had two steals. He had four fouls. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. He's going to be ultra-aggressive. But the Rockets, again, it's not a bad thing. It's not a terrible thing to go to Jay Sean Tate. You know, and, and, and honestly, to start the year, yeah, Jay Sean Tate's going to be your starting forward, right? But in camp, be on the lookout for stories that say, watch out for Atari Easton, because all he's going to do is get in every single dude's business every single day, every single minute of every single practice and the coaching staff is going to notice that. You guys don't think. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm never, I have not been a big Silas guy. You guys know that, right? I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But Lionel Hollins is going to fall in love. And so is, is Silas. But Lionel Hollins is going to push Silas and say, we can't keep Eason coming off the bench. Like, it just doesn't make sense. You guys saw it last year that the the minutes that he's, that Tate plays, he's a good player. He's a damn good player. He's a damn good defensive player. But imagine what your bench brigade can look like if you bring on a bench a bench <coughs> excuse me, a bench brigade of Ty Ty Washington, Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin Jr. Like that's legitimate, right? And again, to start the year, in my opinion, Jay Sean Tate's going to be your starting three. By the all-star break, Tari Eason will be your starting three. I have no doubt about it. If you're listening to this show right now here on Spotify Live, you want to join the show and give me a reason, one legitimate reason why you would not want to start Tari Eason at the three. And again, this is not an over-exaggeration on the Summer League games because the, 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 the Summer League games don't matter. It's the intangibles that this dude brings that go watch him play at LSU. The way he improved year over year there. The way that he is playing his tail off on both ends of the court, you can't ignore this dude. The last guy I want to talk about, obviously, tonight, topic of conversation, the number one topic is going to be Jabari Smith. Okay? I got a bone to pick with... Rockets Twitter, quote-unquote fans, right? First of all, if you engage any other fan base who's calling Jabari Smith a bust already after three, go ahead, send Twitter a an email about that user and request that their account be suspended for just slander, right? For libel, because they're lying, okay? If someone is, is calling a guy a bust after three, and I've seen it, I've seen it with my own eyes, three summer league games, they should not be allowed to watch basketball. They should not be allowed to attend a game ever, period, end of story, and then have an opinion about it. It's just asinine, right? If you've watched one minute of Rockets basketball in the last three years, Jabari Smith Jr. is going to be fine, okay? The guy is going to be fine. He's going to be elite defensively in the league. He's going to be a north of a 35% three-point shooter, okay? The way that he's going to play, like he's only going to get better, right? 
like be fair to the conversation when you're talking about guys' performance in summer league. You have to take it with a grain of salt, right? He's playing, you know, 13 minutes with Trey Mitchell. No offense to Mitchell. He's not going to be on the team when the season starts. Trevor Hudgens played 20 minutes tonight. He's not going to be a part of the rotation when the season starts. Anthony Lamb, goodbye. You know, Josh Christopher playing 28 minutes. Josh Christopher shot the ball. How many shot attempts? He had 13 shot attempts tonight. When the season starts, he's not going to get 13 shot attempts. Like, can you imagine, even with the limited offensive system that I believe that Silas has, the number of open looks that Jabari Smith is going to get between playing with Shingoon, playing with uh, Kevin Porter Jr., playing with Jalen Green, Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin Jr. Like the 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 level of uh, the level of impact that this guy is going to have on the game is only going to get better night in and night out. It just is, you know. And for people that, that are still pushing the narrative that the Rockets should have traded to number one to go get Paolo, Paolo is not even playing tonight. Okay, like the there, I didn't see a reason for an injury. But Paolo's not playing tonight. Um, what's his name? Chet Holmgren, who had the, after his first game, you know, the ESPN was ready to put him into the NBA Hall of Fame. And what has he done, you know, the last two games? He's looked like garbage, right? And again, he's not going to worry about it because, again, game, game doesn't matter. He looks decent tonight, at, you know, against Orlando. whoop they do The Rockets, and again, in my opinion, are going to get, I would think I, I've I've said it before. I think Jaden Ivey is going to be the best player in this draft five years from now. I think Jabari is going to be the second best player. Let's go to a good friend of the show, Adam. Adam, welcome to the show, my man. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing tonight, good, brother? Hey, man, I'm always better after a win. Yeah, yeah. I want to start by talking about Josh Christopher. I'm gonna I'm gonna have maybe an unpopular opinion. I like okay. him considerably less after watching watching him during summer league. I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons. Okay. So if I didn't see him play in summer league at all, I would be left with what I saw at the end of last year. And he was getting 15, you know, 15 minutes a game coming off the bench, but he was, he was starting to be really efficient in his play, you know, and you, you heard it with Silas in one of the interviews with some of the summer league um, announcers, you know, talking about the one thing he harps on Josh Christopher is his shot selection. And, after summer league, I got I got a couple of observations. I think he is almost doomed to be just a high volume shooter, and efficiency is always going to be an issue for for that dude. Number two, I think I, I mean he just has you know, so he was th- he was six of he he finished six of thirteen, but really he was like three of ten, and then at the end of the game he cherry picked three you know breakouts. You know he wasn't even playing defense. And I mean, and you know, got you six of eight from the free throw line, just he gets tunnel vision and he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to drive this ball in the basket, no matter if there are three, four guys in the lane. Like he's, I, I used to, I, I had a little bit of hope that, you know, there's a little bit of playmaking ability in him. I just don't see it. I think he's just a one dimensional score and, and that can be useful, but I don't know if it's, 
one of the top three or four needs for this for this Rockets team. So I think with with whatever consolidation trade that's upcoming, likely at the midpoint of the season, he's definitely involved in that. You know, in in my view, so, and I and I think the summer league, if it, if there is a positive positive, it's it's maybe people around the league kind of you know seeing how good or seeing something you know in Josh Christopher that maybe adds. Uh, adds value maybe you know if it was like a one one for one trade maybe a, a late first round pick early second round pick but i just don't see him i i, I think he just he's got his 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 belief in himself outweighs his ability and his ability in his ability to change so so let me let me let me touch on a couple of things that you said okay so in my opinion i i don't hate where you're coming from when when they drafted him i called him lou williams I believe he's Lou Williams. Everything you just described is Lou Williams, right? Is that fair? Yeah, so he's uh, irrational. Irrational. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's playing. He's playing a role for this summer league team. Christopher is that. I don't. I don't hate. I actually like it a lot. So I'm going to go the complete opposite way of what you just said. But I think it's going to make for a very interesting conversation because. If you take him off the court, they don't have a guy outside of Eason consistently that has been aggressive and trying to get his own shot. You know, Ty Ty, he's more passive. Jabari has been way too passive for my liking. I think he's playing well, but he's being very passive with the ball. And again, I don't hate that from Jabari because I think he's just trying to settle and come to him, which I love. Christopher is playing a role for this team of just going to get a bucket. He's trying to get comfortable. He's trying to get his shot right. I don't hate where you're where you're coming from, and I think that the right idea of Josh Christopher is somewhere between us two. You know, I, I don't disagree with you at all. It's not his fault; it's the Rockets' fault. Because for a player like Jabari Smith, I agree with you. He's he's tends to be a little bit more passive. You should push him in a in a in into a into an uncomfortable position where he has to kind of create because you know he's going to have to create during the regular season, especially with Probably a lack of, you know, you know, just a not a lot of opportunities where you're going to get, you know, good point guard play setting him up. So he, he's, you know, he needs all the all the practice to kind of set up his own shot that he can get. And I, I don't know, like Josh Christopher, like he's he's coming into summer league thinking he's the A side. You know, it's like he's trying to, you know, whereas the Rockets, like, and it's not his fault. It's the it's the Rockets coaching staff. They should be, you know, let let's see what Dacian Knicks. Ty Ty Washington and Jabari Smith can do. We're probably not going to win these games. Let's let's put them in positions where we can see what their what their ceilings can be. We already know what Josh Christopher is. We've seen him score 30 points, you know, in games last year. It's just it's not necessary for us to see, you know, for us to see him play hero ball as he's been playing. Yeah. You know? It's it's fair. No, and I, I get that. But he also let's talk about the incredible block that he had at the end of the game. Uh, which I don't know if you saw it was filthy. I mean, the block that he had was disgusting. Um, I, I do think this, Adam. I mean, I I like Josh Christopher. You know, I, he plays like a bat out of hell, which this team is in desperate need of. He brings energy. He brings that fire. And I agree with you. In, in all honesty, it would not shock me if the Rockets shut him down between now and Thursday. Because there's nothing left to prove if you're Josh Christopher, you know. But I think the the guys that you just talked about, right? Let's break that down real quick. Deshaun Nix, we know what he is. 
I don't see Deshaun Nix touching this roster in the regular season. If he makes it, that's one thing. But when I say like he's not going to play, I mean, where are you going to where are you going to play him? They're 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 gonna they're gonna force him into the into the backup point guard role. And I do see some ability in in over Ty Ty. You would put right now. Let me ask you a question. I, I would. What would you do? I, I wouldn't, but it, it's very early, and you know, and but I mean, for for him having a full year or half a year on the on the main roster, you know, he should be far you know far ahead of Ty Ty Washington, and he played well tonight and all right last game, but. You know, there isn't a huge difference in my mind between Ty Ty Washington and Dacia Nix, but they're going to they're going to pencil him in just like they're going to pencil Jay Sean, you know, Jay Sean Tate in as a, you know, as a starter. They're going to put Dacian as the backup for Dacian Nix. Like I, I see a lot of ability in him, but like he's, a you know, coming out of the, you know, coming into the draft. They, you know, one of the, the knocks on him was kind of the lack of athletic ability and just his lack of kind of fitness and just dedication to be in in the shape you need to be to be a point guard in this league. And that's one of the biggest one of the biggest disappointments that I have for a dude that knows that's the biggest thing that he you know, that I'm sure people have told him he needs to focus on. He looks like he's five pounds heavier than last year. Like he's I, definitely somebody, heavier. Somebody somebody needs to lock him in a sauna for like seven hours so he can come out tight. Like if he had if he had ten pounds off his frame, you know he you know he would be a lot better, you know like he. But it's the, and so it's just the mindset that you know I, that's kind of a little disappointing and kind of seeing what shape he came in this year. Um, and, well, but, but, but when I, you yeah. when you say I want to touch on this before before we move too far past it, there's a lot of difference I see between Knicks and and Ty Ty Washington. I I don't I I mean. I don't get it with Knicks. I mean, yeah, did he have a good game tonight? Yeah, he did. So, you know, like do it in a regular season game or five, and I'd be more fired up about him. I'm just, I, he doesn't do anything for me, man. Like there's reg, there's a reason why that, and I want to get your take on the KPJ thing, you know, the news that came out today that the Rockets are not interested in an extension, not, not interested. They're just not talking with KPJ about an extension, the registered interest that they have in a Colin Sexton. If those types of stories are coming out, the Rockets do not feel comfortable with their point guard position right now. And per Kelly Eco from about a week ago, he expects Ty Ty Washington to get looks at or get looked at for minutes, significant minutes with the starting rotation. There's a reason for all that. And if Deshaun Nix was a bigger part of their plans, those types of stories are not coming out. Not to say that Nix can't get to that point in the future. I don't see it. And if I had to bet money on it, it's not going to happen. His body frame, he can't play with the the point guards you have to play against on a night in, night out basis or the guard play as a whole. I, I agree with you. Yeah, he, he, he relies on his physicality. He doesn't get separation. He doesn't blow by guys. Those are things that Ty Ty Washington does. I, I, I said this to Jeremy the other night. Ty Ty Washington, not just because they're both from Kentucky, but he he has a lot of Tyrese Maxey in him. And I think that's, you know, that that's kind of his his kind of ceiling. You know, I think he could get there. Obviously, I think Tyrese Maxey plays with just like, you know, just blunt speed, you know, whereas Ty Ty is more of a pace player, you know, kind of, you know, shake and bake, kind of changes his pace, um, is able to get by guys. 
I, 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 and you know, the floater game, I, I, I definitely see that. I, I'm t- when I say kind of they're in the same space, I mean, I, I say that in the, in the sense that in three months time, Ty Ty Washington is going to pass Dacian Nix up. It's going to be clear for anybody to see. And it's interesting what you say about the Ke- Kevin Porter Jr. Right? Like, I think there was a quote that was like, the Rockets are, you know, you know, interest are, are, you know, opening the possibility of having talks about, you know, talking about an extension. I mean, that's that's the biggest non-committing, non-committal kind of statement that you can you can have. For, for me, KPJ, he's going to self-destruct at some point in the season just from his mental, you know, his mentality. You know, he's he's going to he's going to he's going to lose playing time. He's going to get some criticism. The Rockets are going to probably have some stretches. Maybe where they lose eight, ten games in a row. I, I hope that's not the case, but I, I think that is the case. I think he's going to contribute to a lot of that. I think eventually he's going to lose his starting position. He's, you know, he's not going to be not going to be willing to accept a bench role. And, and at some point, when he knows that 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 contract extension isn't coming, he's just going to blow up. You know, well, he's, well, let me, and he's going to be off the team by the end of the year. You know, like or he's going to be you know waived or something. But it's just you know I, that's kind of what it what's gonna what's what's going to be the case. Well, let me go on record saying that I hope you're wrong because I would never wish for a guy who has had some issues. I mean, from a being able to stay level-headed, you know, a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. And, you know, peeling back the curtain a little bit, I get it. You know, like I, everybody has had those types of moments. I've had those types of moments at work. Not proud of it. It is what it is, right? You try and learn from it. You try and get past it, you know? But the thing with, with KPJ is I'm a huge fan of his. And I think that's what get that's what gets lost when people have an opinion when it comes to guys like Jay Sean Tate and Kevin Porter Jr., right? And Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I speak of it is it's not personal; it's business. You know, the better, the best play for the Rockets this year, what's going to give them the best chance for them to win is starting Tari Eason at the three. Period. Sorry. I, I've seen enough from the way he played in college and what I've seen thus far. It, that's it. The Rockets acquiring a guy like Colin Sexton to be your starting point guard gives them a better chance to win versus a guy like a Kevin Porter Jr. who's not a point guard. The Rockets are doing him such a disservice by starting him at the point guard position. He is not a point guard. Al Perrin Shangun is not a center. Starting him at the center position is doing him a disservice. This is the way I feel, man. Like, no, I, let, yeah. you know, let the best guy win. Improve your roster to go get guys that fit what you actually need. Rockets, yeah. you know, they need a legitimate big man. I can't say it enough. I'm going to continue to say it because it's, it's true. Look at tonight. How many, how many layups did the Spurs have tonight at the rim? I like Eric Holman a lot. Yeah. You know, ah, I take that back. I don't like him a lot. I like him like as a player, like he's fine. You know, but, you know, there was a story today. The Rockets are looking to improve the backup center position. Today on the game, they gave the Rockets center uh, depth chart. It's Shingoon, Boban, and Marquise Chris. Adam, you watch enough Rockets games. Is that enough at the center position to make it through a season? No, and two of those guys aren't going to probably be on the roster. You know, Thank you. You know, but but I, I agree with you. The Rockets are going to have to de- 
going to rely have to rely heavily on their defense to win games because that's 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 scary. Silas, to me, I think the Rockets management feels this way too. He's a caretaker coach. I don't think they believe in him, but for their purposes, they're okay with with being bad. You know, you know, in order exactly. to maximize their exactly. draft prospects next year. So they, I don't think they're going to be in any rush to like get a, a really good point guard. I don't think they're at they're, if if they win games with this with this group, they're going to be really happy about it. If they don't, you know, they'll be fine with it because it just maximizes their you know their, the possibilities of getting Scoot, you know, Scoot or you know one Benyama. But the, if you know, so in, in relying on their defense, you know. Jay Sean Tate is not a better option than than uh, Tari Eason. Tari Eason is, has four inches on on Jay Sean Tate. Jay Sean Tate tries his hardest, but he's got athletic and and kind of just physical limitations on him. And and you know and and and, and, and yeah. Also, with operation, you saw tonight. I think you're going to see a lot of lineups, a lot of, you know, you're going to see 10, 15 minutes a game where Jabari Smith is playing, you know, small ball five, even though he's 6'10. And I think that could work, you know? Um, for, for the, vomit, for vomit in my mouth if they're playing Jabari Smith at the five. Literally, vomit in my mouth because he's not a five. And, okay, so let me ask you this, right, Adam? And you're bringing up a lot of good points, and I, I want to touch on all of them. So small ball five. When you play Denver, what are you gonna do? When you play you, when you play Minnesota, what the hell are you gonna do? When you play Philadelphia, what are you gonna do? When you play, you know, uh, you know, you get my point. You know what I'm trying to say. I, I I agree with you. They, they they don't have good they don't have great options, but they're just gonna be swarming, <laughs> doubling, and they're going. And and if I was Silas and he truly is an offensive genius, like they've been telling us he is, I hope that they run more than you know five pick and rolls that as they have each of these summer league games. I don't know why. I don't see you know a you know the point guard kind of you know initiate the offense with you know Jabari Smith in about 15 to 20 pick and rolls at the at the top of the three point line, you know if if Jabari Smith truly is a shooter and I believe he is, get him 10 three point shots a game. If he if Jabari Smith isn't shoot isn't averaging nine three point attempts a game, the you know Silas is not you know he should he should bequeath you know any kind of offensive you know kind of you know knowledge that he claims to have. That's fair. Before we go to our last speaker of the night, let me ask you a question. Just real quick. Yes or no. With what you said earlier, when the Rockets, you said they're not in a rush to improve the roster, right? That's summing up. That's what you're saying because they want to. Raphael Stone basically said the same thing, right? We're not one piece away from contending. Yeah. So they're not going to make a big trade. Yeah. So with that being said, should Rockets fans go to games? Should Rockets fans buy the merchandise? Should the fans pay the, the $40 to park? Should Rockets fans do everything in their power, watch the games, increase TV revenue, if the Rockets are blatantly not trying to improve their roster by any means necessary to win as many games next year as possible? Yes, with the caveat that the coaching staff is smart enough to know that Jalen Green needs to have the ball in his hands 40 percent of the time on offense. He needs to have one of the top five, you know, you know, you know, PERs and, in, in, you know, util, you know, uh, utilization rates, you know, in, in the league next year. And Jabari Smith's getting 10 point, 10 three pointers a game. I don't need them to be. I want them to be good. I don't need them to be good. I need them to be entertaining because last year they were not entertaining. They were not fun. It was a slog to watch. 
and it was just torture, you know? That's fair. Adam, I appreciate you as always, my brother. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Hey, great stuff from, from Adam tonight. Let's go to our final speaker of the night. Good friend, my brother from another mother, Sean. Sean, what's up, bro? I'm doing great, Michael. It was a, it's actually a fun summer league game. Well, that's not the first quarter, but, you know. Yeah, that was actually I, a really good I know, good I know summer game. league isn't supposed to be important or anything, but it is yeah. fun to actually see guys yeah, for hustle sure. and play defense when you haven't really seen that in two years. So I, I'll great. take it. I'll take any yeah. dose I can get of it. Yeah, great back and forth tonight between the Rockets and the Spurs. Um, you know, Adam brought up some some really good points. I wish we could go longer on the show tonight. Um, it, it's crazy, man, because I saw – let me ask you this, because you and I have touched on this before. Uh, Aiton, that deal potentially being close to getting done in Indiana. So Indiana has no shot at being good because they deal Malcolm Brogdon. They have Tyrese Halliburton. So what are your thoughts on Indiana? A team like Indiana going after eight I, I wouldn't sleep on Indiana because that's a great core. I mean, you put if you put Aiden and Halliburton, uh, Duarte and Matherin together, that's actually a really good core. That depending yeah, on how nice Duarte team. and Matherin develop, you're starting. You know, I, I can get some early '90s, you know, Pacers vibes out of oh. that team. Rick Smith, Reggie Miller, uh, Dale Davis, Dale David, yeah, Mark Loved Jackson it. on that team. You had a lot of really good guys on that Indiana team, and I, I, and I would, and honestly, that makes perfect sense. If they can find a way, if the Suns can find a way to get, um, and, and if it's a sign and trade, if they can get, um, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald for it, and essentially trade DeAndre Aiden and some expiring filler to make it work. I, you know, I think that's actually a win-win for both sides, Indiana for long-term for the Suns, It keeps their window open this year. And I think next year, and it really, and it really addresses the big issue they had in the playoffs was the fact that when the Mavs went nuclear from three, the Suns had no answer for it. And at least with miles Turner and buddy healed, they can both hit threes. And I think that's going to at least give them the ability to get into shootouts with other teams in the West and hold their own, which I think gives them a better chance than essentially sacrificing half their roster and all their future draft capital to get Kevin Durant in which that may only extend their window two years because in two years, Durant is going to be old and declining. And Chris Paul, I don't see how Chris Paul's got more than two more you know, what? really productive yeah. championship level years in him. I want to I want to address what Jared said in the chat, right? And he said Indiana has never won a championship because they never rebuild. I want the team to get better, but the goal is to win a championship, right? Here, here's what I I said it with what Minnesota did, and there's two schools of thought, Sean. There's what the Rockets are doing, which is embracing the suck, right? That's what they're embracing. It's going to be met with criticism by people like myself that are never going to be okay with telling your fans that essentially we're going to suck this year. Like That's what the Rockets have said this year. They've said, you know what? If we're good, it's a bonus. But we're building this team from the ground up. You've now drafted seven guys 
that are going to have roles with your team with you know for the next three or four years. I'm saying good for Indiana if they go get DeAndre Ayton. Will it mean that they ever put it all together and win a title? I mean, it depends on what else they do. You can't say no. Well, I mean, you I know, think that depends on how Matherin and Duarte put together. I mean, I, I right, would say Indiana, right. Indiana's never won a title, not because they never tanked. Indiana never won a title because their peak happened at the same time as Michael Jordan. And Ron Artest went into the stands and punched a fan in Detroit. <laughs> and if Ron Artest doesn't do that, I think that Indiana team was a championship caliber team that year. Okay. So a lot of good stuff in the chat right now, and I'm just going to address it on the show with you. James says, any year we have Green and Jabari healthy, we should be trying to go far on the playoffs. Go after Aiden and show the roster we believe in them. Do you agree with that statement or disagree with that statement? I agree with that, except I would replace Aiden with – Colin Sexton. I, okay. I think, sure. I, I, I think Sexton is a more immediate need, and I know we need. I, I know the Rockets need a center, and I know you hated the idea of Jabari being a small ball five, but I, I don't mind giving, considering how young Shagun is, I don't mind giving him another couple of seasons to see sure. if he grows and see if any part of it, and see just if he can become an average enough defender and can. Yep. Having guys like, I mean, if you if you put Shingoon and Jabari and Tari out there in the front with court. T- with Tate. Just imagine. Yeah, I mean, heck, you, you, you can have Tate in that lineup too. Put Green at the one, Tate, yeah. Eason, Jabari, and Shingoon. I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. I think, I think what James is saying is James is just go get, you know, another piece to show that you believe in the roster, right? And then Dustin says, if we get Wen Banyama, you'll be really happy, Mike. Absolutely. Yes, of course I would be happy. But the likelihood of you getting Victor Wen Banyama after the draft that the Rockets just had, you're going to have to get really lucky. Because I think the Spurs are going to be terrible. I think if Utah moves Mitchell to Utah, to Miami, they're going to be really bad. You're going to have some really bad teams in the NBA this year. The Rockets are not going to be that bad. I don't believe it. Uh- no, no, yeah. If, if the Jazz move off Mitchell, then I think the Jazz and the Spurs are worse. Yeah, um, Jer- Jared I mean, says, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, I find it hard-pressed to see how OKC is going to be bad this year. Not with, I mean, unless unless Presti's going to um, sit Dort and Shea Gilders Alexander the whole year, I'm like, you can't have two guys making that much money on your squad. They're going to they're gonna be good. Oklahoma City is going to be better. Yeah, Oklahoma City is going to be better, I feel like, this year. You know, Dustin says the Astros taught to respect the rebuild. It, it is blatantly impossible to compare a baseball rebuild to a basketball rebuild. Because baseball, you got to build up the farm system. you got to give guys years there even before you bring them up. The NBA, you can fix your roster, i.e. the Grizzlies, in two years. Two or three years, you get the right guy. You know, look at uh, look at the the finals this year. Uh, oh God, why am I blanking on who went to the finals? Well, in the well East, I mean, with Sean. Celtics, with Tatum and Brown. Oh, Celtics, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to back, number three with those, with the right. I think the Nets picks they got, and that you know you build up, but they had they drafted Grant Williams, they drafted Robert Williams. You know, they got Marcus Smart, like they got those guys. You can rebuild your roster so much quicker in basketball than you can in baseball. Also, number of roster spots helps 
you know, facilitate that rebuild that much quicker. Um, but just to sum up the show tonight, great win by the Rockets. Sean, any final thoughts before we wrap up, my man? You know, I, I, you had brought up on the Sunday show why the Rockets still have Eric Gordon, and oh. it may not be the, the popular one. I mean, I know they want a later first round pick, but and I know, and I know we've mentioned Jacob being Lou Williams, potentially being Lou Williams 2.0, but I really think he's kind of at that mm-hmm. precipice where if the Rockets did end up keeping Gordon and Gordon could get with him and just lock him in a room and say, look, be me, be Eric Gordon 2.0. I can make you Eric Gordon 2.0. That's worth more than any late first the Rockets could ever possibly get. And I see some of that in Jacob tonight, especially with that block at the end of the game. I see that block was filthy. That block was just disgusting. Yeah. I've, I've accepted it, man. Like, I'm not going to talk about Eric Gordon trades anymore because it's pretty clear they're not going to move him. You know, let him play out. <sighs> I tell me if I'm wrong with this opinion. I just feel like the Rockets are just doing them wrong by keeping them here, you know. And people are going to be like, "Well, they're paying him 18 million dollars or 19 or whatever he's making this year." I get that, but you know, unless he's come out and said like, "I don't want to go play for a contender," maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's okay being, you know, just a rocket, being a guy in the locker room getting paid 19 million, not getting caught up in the the ring chasing world. Maybe that's him, you know, and maybe that's something to respect. It's something for me to think about for yeah. sure. Well, I mean, his, his salary is virtually non-guaranteed next year unless the Rockets won an NBA title, which, I mean, I think we all know. Well, they could. Um, <laughs> probably not going to happen. So <laughs> they could, that way, he may know this is his <laughs> final year in Houston anyway. So he can go ring chase next year, but he can maybe he likes being around these young guys and yeah. I'll help you develop these guys for another year and then I'll go to a contender next offseason. You just let me go. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you look at his salary this year. Next year is a team. So this year he's making 19.6 million. Next year is a team option at 20.1 million, which they're not picking up. There's no way they're going to pick that up. Uh, but I will say before we wrap the show, and before I, I let you go, Sean, one thing that I, I got to thinking about tonight was this team. When you take a look at guys like KPJ, Jalen, Jay Sean, Shingoon, Christopher, Tari Eason, um, Ty Ty Washington. You know, you're going to have dudes on this team that are going to be hungry. Number one, they are fiery. They're not going to like to lose. And I think that is going to make for some very contentious situations this year. Like, I think it's almost a certainty that Jay Sean and Tari Eason will get into at least one scuffle in training camp. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't hate that. You know, those are two guys, like I, like I talked about, those two guys are fighting for a starting position on this team. Maybe not right away, but I'm excited for the fieriness that we're going to see from the team this year. Because I think that they're going to have a bunch of dudes. And Jalen, I forgot about Jalen. You know, Jalen is, is going to be one of those guys who's not going to want this team to lose night in and night out. So that was just something I wanted to bring up before the end of the show. No. And I, I think that's the reason why right there, even if the Rockets don't make another move, why you're still paying attention and why you might be still buying tickets or going to games and getting merchandise, because you've got guys, you really, you can start seeing the foundation in place and you got guys you can believe in and that are going to be fun to root for. Yeah. That's perfectly put. Sean, thank you for always for the support and uh, joining the show, my man.
Thanks. You too. This has been another episode of SV Nations, the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast. Thank you all so much for joining the show tonight. It was an absolute pleasure to have you guys uh, join the show, talking all things Rockets basketball. It's a uh, it's always a pleasure when I get to to host for SB Nations, the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast. You're on Twitter. Head on over to at Dream Shake SBN to give the mothership of the Dream Take a follow. Um, if you're on Twitter, give a follow to us at the Dream Take at the Dream Take. You can follow me on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. You can follow my very talented co-pilot, Jeremy Brenner at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. If you're on Facebook, search the Dream Shake. Give us a like there. Finally, head on over to the dreamshake.com any day that ends in Y for all things Houston Rockets all the time. We will be back live with you on Thursday after the game against the Portland Trailblazers here on Spotify Live. Game starts at 8.30. We'll go live directly after the game. Finally, uh, we do have a really cool interview uh, coming up here at the Dream Take on Monday with James Piercy of SB Nation's The Dream Shake. So uh, be on the lookout for that on Monday at 8 o'clock. Once again, your very happy final from Vegas tonight. Rockets win. And until next time, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.